Good afternoon. You're watching The Briefing Room. Rapid developments today in that case regarding the suspected explosive device sent to political leaders and former presidents around the country. I'm joined by the top by our chief justice correspondent, Pierre Thomas, who's there at the FBI. I hope we can bring Pierre in, who's been tracking all of these developments as they move quickly. Pierre, what do we know about how law enforcement made this case and arrested a suspect? Well, it's like a drama, a TV police drama. Uh, they found a latent fingerprint uh, on one of the packages, uh, specifically the one from Congressman uh, Max uh, Zine Waters. Uh, they found a latent fingerprint, uh, was able to match that to the suspect, Cesar Sayak, who's 56 years old, of uh, Aventura, Florida. Uh, they also found DNA evidence on these devices. So this is very much a case of forensic uh, investigation leading to a break in the case. And the amount of time that it took, roughly 24 hours to wrap up the suspect, get him in custody. And the FBI also emphasized that these were potentially dangerous devices. The FBI director specifically called them IEDs, improvised explosive devices. So uh, a major break in the case, obviously. That was really interesting. It stuck out to a lot of people when uh, Ray said that because it seemed to directly contradict uh, the tone out of the White House, which at times over the last few days has sounded uh, suspect of whether or not these were actually dangerous devices. What did you make of Ray's comments there? You, that seemed to strike you as interesting and important as well, Pierre? Well, he's going based on the facts, and he said, quote, these are not hoax devices. And he made that clear. And again, when you use the term IED, you're making very clear that these are potentially dangerous. And he, he made the point that if the kind of chemical, the powder that was inside these pipe bombs had been exposed to heat and certain kinetic energy, that they would be dangerous to people in terms of exploding or burning people. So that is what the current uh, analysis shows. Now, there will be more analysis done at the FBI laboratory uh, to determine if the devices were viable in the sense of, okay, did they have a, a connection that would cause them to detonate? Uh, what was the method of detonation that would cause them to uh, become dangerous? That much we don't yet know. Pierre, it's, it's Justin. Tell us what we know about his, his partisan connections. We heard Jeff Sessions today, and this is the takeaway that really struck me. He said he appears to be a partisan. Uh, does this sort of dispel any rumors of a false flag? What do we know about that van? What can we say about that at this point? Again, um, I've not had a chance to read through the complaint just yet, but one of the things is that there's a van uh, that has been uh, confiscated in connection with them. Uh, apparently that van has a number of uh, symbols on it, so that will be information. Uh, there are a number of uh, reports out there that we're trying to run down, quite frankly, involving photographs of the suspects supposedly at rallies. Uh, so mm -hmm. there is information that points in that direction, but again, they did not uh, give a definitive motive just yet. That much is still under investigation. And picking up on, on Justin's question and, and what Pierre is saying, uh, the cr criminal complaint does make mention of that white van. You have and, it right and here. It, it, it talks about the windows of Sayak's van were covered with images, including images critical of CNN, one of the targets of, of some of these devices. And, and, and obviously the president was all over that thing. Uh, uh, the vice president was on it. Uh, there was, there was even targets of political figures on that van. He was living in the van, in, they said, as well, by the, the way. In the targets, uh, the, the complaint lays out that he, some of the packages contained pictures of the targets with right. red, red X's through them. And so uh, these were very menacing packages.
Pierre, before we let you go, do you think that that's the next step of this investigation to look more into the suspect's motives, or is law enforcement still focused on tracking down other potential devices? Well, I think priority number one is to find out if there are more devices in the shipping system. Are there more devices that have been mailed? We saw just this morning with an alleged device sent to Senator Cory Booker, uh, Senator Kamala Harris of, of uh, California. Uh, that is an ongoing concern. Another device apparently showing up uh, in connection with former uh, uh, intelligence director Clapper this morning as well. So that possibility is real. Law enforcement is not uh, uh, yet ready, ready to say that this is over. So vigilance is the key word. And uh, to, to Pierre's point uh, on vigilance, uh, authorities uh, are, are urging people who, you know, if you see something, say something. Mm -hmm. uh, they want people to call in anything that looks suspicious uh, they might find in the mail or any other suspicious objects or activities. They want them to report that to law enforcement and let the police uh, or, or, or agents or law enforcement authorities that respond to that, let them sort it out. 14 total <laughs> devices so far. And Pierre, we know you'll be tracking all of the developments. Thank you so much for joining us. I think that uh, we've been relying on your reporting minute by minute over the last few days. Thank I also you. want to bring in Roy Ramos, who's one of our um, colleagues with our Miami affiliate down in Florida. Roy, tell us what you know about how this arrest played out. Well, we did get a chance to speak to a few witnesses who were walking by this area on the sidewalk, in fact, right outside of the auto zone that we're standing in front of, who said they heard a loud bang and then saw law enforcement from all directions just swarm on top of this suspect, who we have learned uh, has been identified as 56-year-old Caesar Sayoc. Now, we also did get a chance to preview some surveillance video. Right now, I'm working on getting that. but. That surveillance video does show law enforcement use uh, what appears to be a, a, a loud a white bang or some sort to distract the suspect. And then at that point, you see all of law enforcement swarm uh, that individual. Now, right now, the auto zone here has been closed. They have a sign outside on the front door that says they'll be open uh, at 7.15 tomorrow morning. But while it was open. We saw federal investigators inside speaking to an employee. They're also looking at a screen, uh, possibly uh, going through surveillance video. We know that one employee was escorted out of this auto zone into a vehicle outside of this location uh, just moments after that white van was towed away and taken to the Miramar FBI office. And what is the mood like there on the ground? What, were people anxious, nervous over the last few days? They must have been as we started to zero in on that location. Well, I'll tell you the mood of uh, people uh, along this street. We're along State Road 7 here and about 8th Street. Uh, they were a little concerned because this is an area uh, that has mostly businesses that line it. Uh, and for that reason, all of those business owners along with customers came out uh, to see all of this activity. They wanted to know what was going on and hearing that this uh, was a man who was in connection to all of these bombs that have been sent to uh, high-ranking government officials. They were uh, definitely concerned with what was going on, but a little relieved to hear that someone, at least uh, in connection to those devices, was in custody. Okay, well, Roy Ramos, thank you so much for providing some insight from the ground with our Miami affiliate, obviously uh, tracking the developments as well. Both of you listened today to the president comment mm -hmm. on this. Uh, we have some of that sound. I want to listen to what the president said today and then get your reaction to it. We've carried out a far-reaching federal, state, and local investigation to find the person or persons responsible for these events. 
These terrorizing acts are despicable and have no place in our country. No place. I've instructed authorities to spare no resource or expense in finding those responsible and bringing them to swift and certain justice. And we will prosecute them, him, her, whoever it may be, to the fullest extent of the law. We must never allow political violence to take root in America. But a bottom line is that Americans must unify, and we must show the world that we are united together in peace and love and harmony as fellow American citizens. Justin, you made reference to the fact that earlier today, the President tweeted and put bomb in quotes uh, as if yeah. uh, downplaying the situation? Well, 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 there's two things. One, he seemed to suggest they may not be real because none of them did go off, mm -hmm. which is an important point. But one of the things Chris Reyes said today was that these were improvised explosive devices. I mean, he said these things were not necessarily inert. They they had the potential to do damage. So which specifically, is they're not hoax devices. The very important point. They contain energetic material. Now, one thing about what we just saw with the president there that is really important. Um, you saw he's had a, sort of had a, the East Room of the White House filled with supporters. It was a young black leadership uh, event. They were enthusiastically behind the president. And, you know, as he called for civility and calm there and announced that they had found this person, which is great news, um, the event went on. And what you didn't see was that there were chants of Soros and lock him up. I mean, it is all his rhetoric is so deep into the bloodstream already, you can't really put that genie back in the ball. So even while he's calling for everybody to take it easy, his, his supporters are not letting it go. And then he, he, gets, he gets it, which gets him riled up. He's not going to let it go. I think he's given us every indication that he's no intent to really tone the whole thing down before the election. And you, I, you I heard the, take... the Attorney General today calling this an act of political violence. And so we're associating it with political violence. It, it's it's uh, certainly a challenging political uh, uh, circumstance for the president to navigate, given all of his public remarks. I want to take that point to Catherine Folders, uh, our White House producer who's there on the lawn. Catherine, you and your team wrote today that the president seemed uncomfortable with this story. What did you mean by that? Yeah, well, he said it himself, really. He said in that East Room event today um, that Justin was referencing that you just saw that um, he was upset that his drug prices announcement wasn't being covered um, the other day because because of this, his tweet this morning, where he seemed to suggest that maybe um, maybe this was fake, exaggerated in some way by putting a bomb in quotes. He went on to reference the midterms and said that it's sad uh, that you see it right there. Very unfortunate what is going on. Republicans go out and vote. He's saying that um, when when this stuff happens that the media is covering the momentum greatly slows so the president he's saying that himself but as you guys were talking about he still faces um, a lot of questions he's likely to get a lot of questions just um, here in less than an hour when he departs for that rally in Charlotte the other thing to look for though tonight in that Charlotte rally is if he extends any sort of olive branch to um, these Democrats who were uh, the targets and recipients of the, these packages does he do that in any way does he mention them does he tone down the rhetoric in any way as Justin was mentioning, his supporters are already fueled off of this. You'll likely still hear some of that those chants, but is there another call for unity? He also said we must never allow political violence to take root in America. Does he elaborate more on that at all? His previous comments where, um, where he's attacked um, his opponents.
And Catherine, do we have any reporting as to whether or not the president has personally reached out to any of his predecessors who were targets of this? Yeah, uh, well, of, of all these devices. We've asked uh, the White House about that. We don't know if he has done that yet, what calls he's placed, or if he's going to uh, place any of those calls, or even, as I was just saying, whether he will extend an olive branch in any way or, or mention um, any of these uh, people by name in his rallies tonight. We know that he didn't do that in a previous rally, so um, we're still working on that, um, but we'll see. And the president there again on the campaign trail tonight, as you mentioned, it's been a whirlwind campaign, uh, sort of extravaganza from this president, and we don't see any uh, sign that he's going to be slowing down, instead really ramping up his work uh, to help get Republicans elected across the country. Catherine, before we let you go, the president's not on the ballot, obviously. Do you think that his work out there is going to make a difference? Well, he certainly thinks it does. Obviously, as we were just talking about, he's frustrated um, by by this narrative, by uh, the current media coverage. But look, he's cramming in like two or three rallies a day um, from October 31st, so next Wednesday up until the election. Uh, the campaign says that he will have uh, at least 10 rallies. So his supporters are certainly riled up. But look, at every one of these rallies, he's been saying this is the midterm election about the caravan, um, about tax cuts, and they all seem to agree with him. He's taking that message to every single one of these rallies, and that's what he wants to make it about, immigration. Thank you, Catherine. I really appreciate it. It's interesting, though, because Democrats uh, have a very different story to tell. They've said that this campaign is about health care, yeah. jobs, wages. Health care. They seem one. to be speaking past each other well, in a lot of ways. Okay, so the mind-blowing statement of the week was President Trump's tweet on Tuesday. The polls have shown, as, as you're saying, that this is actually an election about health care in many, in many cases. So That voters care that about that issue. That voters care about this. So the president tweets this week, Republicans will totally protect people with pre-existing conditions. Democrats will not vote Republican. Okay, so when we're talking about falsehoods, that's right up there on like five alarm fire situation. Um, you can make an argument that there are plenty of Republicans out there who do support protection for pre-existing conditions, but I think it's really hard to overlook the fact that they voted to, te to tear down Obamacare over 50 times in the House. Um, it's just, not, I just don't see who's buying all this. He's trying to basically take his beliefs, put them onto Democrats, and, and say, actually, I'm, you know, we're for Obamacare. It's a very strange political turn. And we also know that a number of Republican-controlled states have been suing to not have to enforce uh, exactly. some of those protections. We have a graphic, though, I think it's important for us to end on that shows just the record amount of turnout and enthusiasm around this election. There you have it, the early voting numbers. We are still, obviously, uh, about two weeks, just under two weeks from Election Day, and yet so many people have cast their vote already. Does that get to sort of the high stakes of this election? What do you think, gentlemen? <laughs> Come on, Jack. I think it, I think it does. I mean, I think uh, I think that it will be really interesting to see how the, if whether or not this vote uh, turn if these numbers hold, and I think they will. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of people voting. There's a lot of big issues on the ticket, and um, as you said. It's not just about the president. It's about uh, matters that that are local, local issues. Everybody's got a lot of reasons to be out this time around. It, it, you know, the FBI director talked about energetic material. There's a lot of energetic material in this campaign right now that's energizing voters on both sides, and I think uh, the numbers reflect that.
historically high turnout is good for Democrats. Mm -hmm. We obviously don't know if those are Democrats or Republicans or mm -hmm. a mix uh, independents that are that are voting, but record numbers of turnout in in multiple states. We have Justin Fischel with our White House team, Jack Dante, who covers law enforcement and the FBI. I'm Mary Alice Parks. Thanks for joining us on the briefing room. We'll see you next time.